Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, October 1st, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Josh Crash Davis and Omaha Joe Stanton. Ready for week four, the main slate. Happy to have you guys in the booth. You guys have been busy going to NFL games. Uh, nobody going this weekend, right? It's all booth, all couch. Yep. Analyzing from home. Snacks exactly. and couch. Yep, that's right. Beautiful. Yeah, we had Tyler on our team at the Cincinnati game last night, so we've been busy. I've just been home, you know, just just watching on the couch. So I'm yeah. jealous of you guys getting into the uh, NFL games here recently, but uh, we got to pull it all together here for for this week four extravaganza as we turn the the calendar into October, and now we've got lots of data and uh, eye test material to to put us over the top. So I'm excited about this week four. Um, we have the, what we've fallen into a bit of a pattern here of nine early games, four late games, and again, five games with totals over 50. So we do have some shootouts to consider mm -hmm. and we're going to go position by position here to get everybody ready for the main slate. So let's start with quarterbacks. Uh, Joe, why don't you kick us off? Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, great tee up. In, for QB, uh, person I want to highlight the most is Josh Allen taking on the Houston Texans. He had a big last game. He went 32 of 43 for four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, it was a big blowout. And in this one, according to PFF, um, our, our sponsor for our data analytics, Andrew, like you said, we're three weeks in. We have a ton of data to go off of here. He is first in expected points for this matchup. Um, overall, it's the second best matchup, and from the Bills so far this season, they've had they've thrown the third most pass attempts. And if you're watching their games, even in that blowout last week, they're still throwing at every point in the game. Um, Zach Moss is punching in for some touchdowns at the goal line, but they are not going to stop throwing even when they take the lead. And what I like even more about this game is that the Bills are not going to let their foot off the pedal, and they're first in pace for um, the NFL season thus far. And that's a stat that we like to talk about in basketball uh, for possessions and whatnot. But in the NFL as well, the Bills are on and off the field, and they're going to be – Josh Allen's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. So I really like Josh Allen in this game versus the Texans, a poor defense, and I think he's going to carve him up. Um, and, you know, that's worth the price tag, but I think he looks really good here. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned PFF because they uh, were promoting him last week and our data, our data and analytics master, John Wehausen, was on the Allen stack. Um, one of our members, Pearl, was as too. I wasn't as much on them. We talked about it. We had a weekly meeting a Sunday morning. We do that some with members, 11 a.m. We got in a chat room to talk strategy. And uh, the Bills stack was discussed, and I, I wasn't on it. I was all about Stafford last week, and he paid off, thankfully. But... Mm -hmm. I mean, Allen was just tremendous. So uh, that's where, you know, one of the reasons we love leaning on pro football focused uh, to take advantage of all they have to offer. And we, we share some of that data with our members. So we certainly invite everybody to come join us. You can pick up a membership at DFSCoachTalk.com and get our full lineups. Um, but Josh, let's continue on with the quarterback conversation here. Who are you looking as a pay up option this week? Uh, I'm actually looking at Aaron Rodgers. He's 6,800 on DraftKings, and I feel like that's just a misprice. 
Um, you know, Aaron and the, and the Packers found a way to get an impressive win in San Francisco on Sunday night. And, and Aaron even said that it felt like a win, which I don't know that their win against Detroit felt like a loss, but you know, some wins are more emotional and, and exciting for the team than others. And I think that that's what he meant by that. So they kind of got the momentum going now, I think a little bit, and they're going to carry that over into back into Lambeau field, um, against a Pittsburgh team that's been struggling, and really is facing a lot of questions from their fan base. I have quite a few friends that are Steelers fans. So um, they're they're really questioning, you know, the whole operation right now. But um, Pittsburgh's ranked 20th in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. And even though they're going to probably have T.J. Watt back, Green Bay went up against a pretty fierce pass rush last week against San Francisco, and they, they only allowed one sack and minimal pressure. Um, with the emphasis on their quick passing game. So I think that that's what they're going to go back to this week and uh, going against the Steelers defense. It's allowed 266 passing yards per game uh, in the first three games. So, Yeah, Rodgers really did look happy uh, in the fourth quarter when he got them into field goal range with that big fist pump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like that. You, you don't see that much. I don't think I've ever seen that specifically on just, okay, we're in field goal range. Yeah. Celebrate before the kick is made. So he definitely enjoyed that win. Oh yeah, my payup option here is Patrick Mahomes, um, and he is got to be fired up, sort of in the way that Rogers was, to get this team where they need to be in the win loss column. They're one and two so far, so they need this win in a big mm-hmm. way. Yeah, and they're seven and a half point favorites on the road against Philly with a nice juicy fifty four and a half over under, um, and Philly's. Pass defense has been is solid, you know, by the numbers in terms of yardage allowed so far. But they played Atlanta week one. They mm-hmm. played San Fran, who just tried to, you know, manage the game and eke out the victory. And then when they went up against a real pass attack with Dak, two thirty-eight, three touchdowns, no picks, twenty-one of twenty-six. They won by twenty, so he obviously could have done more if he needed to. And Mahomes. This, you know, despite that one and two record, he's been solid at least three, t- exactly three touchdowns in each game. Yeah, um, he's he's run one in as well. Uh, so I'm I'm willing to pay up for him here uh, because I think they they're just they need to smash Philly, and I think they probably will. Totally agree, a- Andrew. We talked about this on the pod. I was at the Chiefs game last week. Right. This is the first time in a while that the Chiefs have dropped two in a row. It's the first time they're under 500, I think, since 2016. It is wake-up call in Kansas City. The fans were not happy. I know Mahomes was not happy. I think they're going to come out, and they're not going to let up on this Eagles team. So I really like that. Um, For my mid-tier option, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins um, at home against the Cleveland Browns. So far, Kirk Cousins has looked off the charts. Um, which we kind of known him to be a hot and cold quarterback. And right now he's real hot. He has thrown zero interceptions. Um, he's only had taken six sacks and he hasn't, and the Vikings offense as a whole is seventh best in the NFL. Um, even with Dalvin cook, not being on the field, they were putting up points. It does look like cook should be out there this week, but Kirk cousins threw 30 for 30, 30 for 38 last week with four touchdowns and obviously no zero interceptions at home in a bowl um, or a domed arena. um, Normally we look for some Minnesota games to be, or, you know, for green Bay, Josh, we look for the running game because it's October gets cold, 
But the fact that it's a dome, I'm not going to say that they're going to necessarily push Dalvin Cook. Um, I still think they're going to go to the passing game. They have KJ Osborne, which you guys know now is my favorite player of all time. Um, and Jefferson and Thielen are just studs at their position. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game between Cleveland and Minnesota. I think you could even look at the other side. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ride the Cousins train because he looks good so far. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go back just for a second to the Mahomes pick, too. Another thing about that game is that's going to be a little bit of a homecoming of sorts for Andy Reid. So it's going to be a big game for him, too. Yeah, who had a bit of a health scare. So hopefully he's back to 100%. And, yeah, the the Chiefs will likely rally around him for sure. Yeah. All right, Josh, who's next for you at the QB position? So for my second pick, I'm going to go with uh, Taylor Heineke. Um, He's 5,900 on DraftKings. He's going up against the Atlanta Falcons. They're 30th in the league and – uh, fantasy points allowed per game against quarterbacks. It's going to be a great matchup for Heineke. Um, I think that last week when Daniel Jones was in a similar spot, and a lot of people were on him. They're, they're going to be kind of down on him. His ownership might be down a little bit than, you know, more than it should be. Um, he's got a better supporting cast than Daniel Jones has, and he just has a great chance, I think, to have a better game than Jones did. So I wouldn't let that sway me from Heineke this week, and especially in tournaments. I'll, I'll add on to that, Josh. I think the Heineke train kind of cooled down after that big Thursday night game against the Giants. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, last game, it was just, I mean, the, it was all Buffalo. So yeah. I think he just really didn't get the opportunity to shine. And in this sort of matchup, I think he is there. Um, and for that reason from last week, I think people might be off of him for ownership. So I, I think I really like that as a GPP and just value in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's had two passing touchdowns in, in each of those starts. And you get under six thousand on DraftKings. True. You know, you get two seventy-five yep. and two. You're pretty happy. So yeah, could be a nice value play. One other quarterback for me this week is Jalen Hurts on the other side of that. Uh, hopefully, a shootout with Kansas City. And you know, you look at what uh, Lamar did against them. Um, you know, had a big day. Casey really struggles against the run. And mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts was the running game for Philly in that yeah. last game against Dallas. Mile or Sanders had two carries. Yeah. It wow. was Hurts. It was Hurts to run it or Hurts to pass it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think they'll continue that. Uh, he'll have all the touches. And I think, you know, despite the loss against Dallas, he did throw for three twenty-six and two touchdowns in, in a primetime game. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to take something away from that. And he's averaging. 260 through the air and almost 60 on the ground every game. He's averaging 25 DraftKings points so far. At 6,900, I think the the numbers just look, you know, look nice for him uh, to pay off this week. Well, that I mean, that's how you beat the Chiefs. You beat them on the ground, and Philadelphia doesn't look like they're going to run it with Miles Sanders. So no. if they're going to run it with anyone, I think it's going to be Hurts. And, I mean, Austin Eckler put up a big number against the Chiefs. Um, yeah. Obviously, Austin Eckler's a little more – um, of, of running back to Miles Sanders, but I mean, they're going to run it, and I agree. I think Jalen Hurts is in a really good spot. Excellent. All right, well, f- speaking of running backs, let's look to the guys who are called running backs. Uh, Derek Henry, <clears throat> King Henry, uh, is a pay-up option. What are our thoughts on him? Josh, you on him this week? Yeah, I'm definitely on Derek Henry. Um, he's 8,800 on DraftKings, so he's the most expensive running back on the slate, but um, he's in a great spot, obviously with Julio Jones and AJ Brown, uh, Brown are out. So their offense is just going to basically just run through him. 
Um, he's had two really good games. He had the monster game against Seattle, and he followed up last week with a great game against Indianapolis. And the Jets are ranked 30th um, in fantasy points allowed to running backs this year. And Pro Football Focus has Henry ranked as their third projected uh, highest scoring running back on the slate. And I think he'll end up being the first, but we'll see. It's going to be close. So I agree. I think Henry's in a great spot with all those weapons out um, as well. So, yeah, I really like it there. Excellent. Yeah, he's averaging 117 per game, and he's he's now averaging four receptions per game this year, which mm. is a big addition, especially yeah. on DraftKings. Yeah. Last year, he was much more attractive on FanDuel, but if he's going to catch right. a few balls, that's that's huge. Joe, who are you looking at for your first running back? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Josh, I don't think you're going to like this. I, I am going to the Pittsburgh side of the ball. I like Najee Harris in this one against Green Bay, mainly just because of the volume that he's going to he'll be getting. Um, in that last game, he had 19 targets in the air, and he had 14 carries. I think it was the most rookie production that we have seen since Alvin Kamara in 2018. They are using Najee Harris in their offense, um, and I agree the Steelers' offense is not looking good in the air. Roethlisberger is clearly not the same he was. I think they're really going to favor Najee Harris. I don't think it's a bad matchup on the run. I, here I, I think Swift did look really solid against Green Bay, um, mainly mm. – on the pass um, at the backfield, and I, that's where Najee Harris is getting a lot of his looks. So I think at Najee Harris's price, which is not that not that high, um, I do think he's going to get a lot of volume here because of the Steelers' offense, and I think he could do some damage uh, to Green Bay. Yeah, amazing that he got 14 receptions, and he had two drops at the very end of the game. Mm, so we'll see crazy. If he, um, how he responds to that. Uh, they need to ride him for sure. My first running back is also going to be a mid-tier guy. I, mean, I do like Henry, but looking at the mid-tier here, I'm going to go with Chubba Hubbard. And we know that CMC is out. Hubbard going up against Dallas. And they haven't given up too much on the, run, uh, on the ground, but that's because people have been torching them through the air. And you started, they, they started off with Tampa, who obviously, obviously Brady wanted to throw it. Then the Chargers, you know, they're going to throw it a ton. Uh, and then Philly, again, Sanders had two carries. So they haven't really faced yeah. a team that wants to run it a lot. And Pro Football Focus gives Carolina a 38% advantage on the run block. And they are underdogs here by four and a half. And so even if Dallas gets a lead, I think they'll throw it to Hubbard a bunch. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big fan here on DraftKings. Uh, I, I think he'll get a bunch of touches and – uh, I plan to use him a lot this week. You know, Joe, I'm going to touch on on what you said about Najee Harris real quick. I think that I think that I would be lying to you if I said that I felt like Green Bay was just going to shut him down this week. And the reason that I feel that way is because we really didn't see San Francisco try and run the ball that much against Green Bay. I think they could have. I think that's kind of where they made the mistake was not giving Trey Sermon and. Um, carry on Johnson and some of those guys more opportunities. So I can see how you would, you know, go to Najee Harris this week, especially if you want to keep going off the field. Phew. That's, that's a lot coming from Mr. Green Bay Packers himself. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep you right. honest. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's what we do here. All right. Uh, second round. Let's do one more running back each. All right. So I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara, 8,400 on DraftKings. Um, going up against the Giants that are 25th in fantasy points allowed against running backs. 
And they recently lost one of their best run stoppers and linebacker Blake Martinez uh, to a torn ACL. And um, last week, Kamara had a season-high 24 carries, and he was the focal point of the offense against the Patriots. Really kind of surprised me how well he did against the Patriots. I figured that Belichick would just come out and shut him, you know, basically just key the whole defense around shutting him down, but they really didn't. And so he pretty he pretty much had their way with them. And uh, I think they're going to continue to rely on, on Kamara pretty heavily this week. And he's been seeing at least four targets a game this season. And Pro Football Focus projects him as the highest scoring running back on the slate. So we'll see if it comes down to him or Henry. That's what I think is going to happen, but we'll see. I like it. I like it. For, for my second running back here, I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. Um, he's getting an 18% target share. Um, for the Detroit Lions, who don't have much of a passing game at the moment, um, it's pr- or offense is pretty much just Swift and Hawkinson um, looking pretty for pretty much for the short passes or the runs. Um, DeAndre Swift is actually sixth in total touches among running backs um, so far this season, and I think he's going up against a weak Bears run defense. Um, they just got scorched by Kareem Hunt um, in a game there. And I don't think they're really stopping anyone on the run. And I really like Deandre Swift's, um, how he's looking. I think he's coming into his own here. Um, like I said, the volume is going to be there for him. He's a focal part of the focal part of the offense. And although this matchup isn't between two really good teams, um, I do think this one could get high for that reason that I don't like really either of these defenses. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities here for Deandre Swift. Yeah, I like that pick. I, I saw him this week in the press conference with Dan Campbell where he was talking about they're going to get him a lot more opportunities. So I think that he's definitely going to be seeing more carries and, and more awesome. receptions. So. Yeah, I'm excited about this game in general on the ground. Um, talking to my buddy who's a Bears season ticket holder, uh, Steve, shout out, and he, he reminded me about the weather this weekend. Uh, looking like a lot of rain in Chicago. So uh, we could get a bit of a sloppy field at Soldier Field. Uh, could work out well for the running backs. And I like Montgomery here. Uh, I can't forget uh, towards the end of last year when Chicago hosted Detroit and he had a big game, 72 yards on the ground, two scores, caught four balls for 39. And, you know, we've been talking about the Pittsburgh offense kind of reevaluating itself. Chicago is doing the same thing. They may have Bill Lazor call plays this week. Uh, they need to make some adjustments after that disaster against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, and look at what uh, Josh, your, your boy Aaron Jones did against Detroit, four touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, three were through the air, but you know Montgomery can catch passes too if they'll just you know get the get the ball out of the quarterback's hands, whoever that's going to be. We're recording this on Friday night. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be a game time decision, but we know that Montgomery is going to be the lead halfback. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking at Montgomery this week. Yeah. Montgomery was one of my top plays too. So I definitely am on board with that play for a lot of the same reasons that you said. I mean, the game that Jones had against him, I think that Montgomery could put up very similar numbers in the right scenarios. So. All right. Excellent. Well, let's get over to some pass catchers here. Uh, before we do that, Joe, you want to tell folks how they can, become part of the family my favorite part absolutely um so you see up above me um you can check us out at dfscoachstock.com that's where you can see our suite of memberships we have three-day passes for ten dollars we have five-day passes um and, and that would get you through thursday through monday for the nfl season we have the entire nfl dfs season package we just came out with some nba packages as well 
When you do become a member, you get all of our sports. So you're going to follow up with our PGA. Josh is just on a hot streak over there with MLB. Um, and people are loving it. So you're going to get in here. Um, and so check us out at DFSCoachTalk.com. Um, also follow us on Twitter. We do post a lot of contests. And we will post um, our insights as they come. But obviously those most updated insights are going to come in our Discord for our members. And we're going to pr- put our priority there. So come crush it with us um, and, and check us out. Yeah, well said. And then what we give out to our members are full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo. We give out cash lineups, GPP lineups that you can plug and play. Then the full coaches clipboard on DraftKings with highlighted players and a bunch of options you can use to fill out your lineup. So DFSCoachTalk.com, we'd love to have you. All right, uh, Joe, how about a pay-up wide receiver this week? Awesome. I'm going to go with a popular one, Um, a guy that I wish I had in my season-long fantasy teams. It's Cooper Cup, and he is just destroying in three mm-hmm. weeks so far for the Rams. Stafford's favorite option by a lot. He has a 35% target share. For reference, Robert Woods is looking at a 20% target share, which is still high, but 35% is just out of this out of this world. Um, he's the number one wide receiver. He's had 10-plus targets in all three games. Um, he's four of five for touchdowns in the red, in, in the red zone. Um, he is the highest productive wide receiver on the slate. And he's the highest um, projected wide receiver to boom or exceed his expected points, um, which is kind of unheard for. That, as PFF work, that that normally comes from the volume guys that aren't really high salaries, so that boom is big. But to have one of the higher priced wide receivers on the slate to be projected as the guy to exceed that projection and that salary, mm-hmm. it's awesome. And he's coming into Arizona. Arizona's looked okay. I mean they. They had Jacksonville last week, so it wasn't like they were tested in the air. They were yeah. tested in the air week one with the Titans, um, but also kind of looked like a fluke game for the for Tennessee. Kyler Murray's been crushing it, um, having a phenomenal season thus far. So I think this game is going to stay close, and it's two high-powered offenses. I'm going to want the guy with the largest target share, and Cooper Cup is just on a roll. Yeah, another 54.5 total, uh, courtesy of betus.com.pa. Josh, how about a pay-up receiver? Yeah, for me, I'm going to go and pair up uh, Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams. He's 7,900 on DraftKings. He's the second-highest projected scoring wide receiver on the slate, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was ruled out today, so that's probably going to mean even more targets for Adams because him and Aaron just have this connection, and, and they just love to, to find each other out there. So it's like um, – Probably 15 to 20 targets, I would say, is probably realistic for Devontae this week. He had 18 last week, uh, which he caught 12 of those uh, for 132 yards and a touchdown. And I think that he could probably have even a bigger game or at least a similar game this week um, against Pittsburgh, where he has the second highest ma- uh, matchup advantage on the slate, according to Pro Football Focus. So, And is he going to be good to go after getting popped in the in the mouth? When did he get popped in the mouth? What wasn't it towards the end of the game? He took a he took a bad hit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that should have been helmet to helmet. That right. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one, the one where the the rest missed that. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, one. That one. yeah. So no no ill effects from that. No, he's good. He's good. good. Yeah, yeah. Good go. Excellent. Yeah, good. All right, my pay up guy here is Stefan Diggs. Um, third best matchup according to Pro Football Focus this week, and. Uh, we talked about Allen here in this matchup. I mean, they're favored by 17. 
31 targets so far for Diggs, only one touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think I think that uh, changes this week. Both of the Jags out, outside receivers had touchdowns against Houston. We saw DJ Moore catch eight for 126 against them in the last game. Um, so I, I think you know Diggs is a pretty safe pay-up option here this week. His targets that that Diggs has been getting um, has been a ton, and he's he's not punching him for the for the touchdowns at the moment. Um, I mean he's there, but getting them down the field, it's going to come um, where Diggs has just his ceiling game, which we all know he's due for. Um, and obviously, like I said at the start of the podcast, I really like Josh Allen, um, so I really like Diggs there. And I'll go to a mid-tier guy, Andrew, that I know you enjoy as well. Um, it's it's Beckham Jr. for the Browns um, taking on the Vikings. Um, last game there, he had five receptions for 77 yards. No Jarvis Landry for the Browns. It's going to be the same this week. Um, and although Odell played the whole game, he was pretty banged up. Mm-hmm. At, at the talk after in his interviews was pretty funny. He was mentioning that his shoulder popped out during the game and he had reset it. Um, his ribs were hurting. And then when they asked him, um, you know, what was that all about? He goes, he goes, that's football. So, <laughs> so he's out, he's out there to compete. Um, him and Baker have an amazing chemistry. Baker mm-hmm. looks a lot more comfortable tossing it downfield um, this season. And Odell put up that amount on not feeling healthy. Another game, like I said, where I think Minnesota and Cleveland can be a shootout. They're missing Jarvis Landry. And I think all that sh- target share in the air is going to go to Odell Beckham, and he's at a really good price on this slate. Um, so I think he can do really well. Yeah, he's in a good spot, no doubt. I'll add one more mid-tier guy here, Debo Samuel, going up against Seattle. Uh, another high total here of 52. He's had 30 targets this year and only one touchdown. But he's been Garoppolo's favorite target uh, outside of Kittle. But um, you know, heavily targeted over Ayuk and others. And uh, Seattle has not been good against the pass this year. They're number 26 in that department. So those points have to come from somewhere. We're not sure what's going to happen with that backfield right now. Uh, so Samuel, again, you know, a nice solid option uh, to hopefully, if he gets around 10 targets again, he should pay off that price. Josh, how about one more receiver from your end of the, of the screen here? Yeah, so I'm going to go with another Packer. It's going to be Alan Lazard. He's 3,600 on DraftKings. He sounds um, like we got a, a little stack here going. A yeah. little Packer stack. Packers and, yeah, yeah. And then Joe's got the Steelers on the other side. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so like I said earlier, MVS was ruled out today, which makes Lazard the wide receiver two now. Um, and he's kind of priced so cheap that it's going to be hard for him to not hit value, I think. And, you know, it's, it's really likely that he sees, you know, five to six targets or more. And at his size, he's actually 6'5", 227. I don't know if most people know that, but 6'5", 227, he's a big physical target that Rodgers can look for in the red zone. And um, so I think that, you know, this is shaping up to be a great game for him for a value play. Excellent. All right, nothing wrong with a game stack uh, or a team stack. Yeah. Joe, you got one more for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to note just before I go in here, Andrew, you mentioned David Montgomery. Josh, you mentioned Alan Lazard. You can see it peeking out here. I'm an Iowa State football fan. I went to Iowa State. Go Cyclones. And I love to see you both supporting the Cyclones as well in NFL. Yeah, go Jayhawks. 
<laughs> well, maybe in basketball. We play yeah. all this week, though, so that'll be fun. Um, Not football. Football doesn't count. <laughs> right. Did you know either one of those guys? Did you ever meet them or anything? Lazar um, or Montgomery? Yeah, I, I met Montgomery. Um, mm. And then hopefully I'm on some NBA podcasts, but I met um, Niang and Monte Morris as well. Um, okay. Big big Iowa State nut over here. So Hopefully um, you didn't meet, meet Montgomery on the football field and try to tackle yeah. him. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. It was in a, it was in theater. No, I'm just kidding. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So um, for my value play um, at wide receiver, um, I'm going to now talk about my Broncos. I really like Tim Patrick in this one. He's repping a 21.7% target share. They are without Judy, who went out in week one, and now they're without KJ um, Hamler. So it's mm. just Sutton and Tim Patrick, and obviously no offense, but Tim Patrick was already – boosting that target share and now with kj hamler out he was the wide receiver two to begin with he's going to get more target shares um teddy bridgewater has looked really solid granted the broncos are three and oh the teams they've played are cumulative oh and nine i will put that little asterisk there uh but teddy is he's actually thrown in the league um he's thrown the second most deep balls um and he's really tossing out there which is crazy to think of for teddy bridgewater they are attacking through the air and the Baltimore secondary has led up the third most receiving yards um, this season with 995 yards. So Tim Patrick is a definite definite value you can go to, and I think he's going to get a lot of looks in this sort of game. Yeah, the way to attack Baltimore certainly through the air. I've got one more value play here, and we have lots of injuries with Tennessee, some key guys, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. So – Look at this quartet of likely receivers. We've got Nick Westbrook, Akine. We've got Rodgers, Batson, and Josh Reynolds might be out there. And Westbrook, Akine is the one who had four for 53 in a score last week. So he's got plenty of chemistry with Tannehill. Uh, Tennessee favored by seven. Not a huge total here, 44 and a half. And we have talked about Derrick Henry. He could certainly gobble up some touchdowns. But, you know, Tannehill is going to be throwing it to somebody and at 3,200 on DraftKings, um, this could be another Osborne play here, Joe. Uh, that's just Call. too cheap for who guy who might be their wide receiver one this week. Call your shot. I like it. Yep, there it is. Um, all right. Anything else before we go to tight ends? No, but before we do go to tight ends, I want to know who's going to be your C.J. Azoma uh, for a tight end this week because you nailed that pick last night. <laughs> yeah, well – I mean, I will say that, you know, he fit into the cash lineup. Uh, yeah. We didn't have him everywhere, uh, so I won't I won't try to pretend that we did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a bunch of lineups with him. Um, we'll get to the value play at tight end here in a minute, but I want to start on the high end with Kelsey. Um, so, you know, if speaking of uh, primetime tight ends, two mm. words here for, for Kelsey, Dalton Schultz. He went for six catches, 80 yards, and two scores against Philly. Jarwin also had two catches that night. So I'm pretty sure Kelsey can match that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe so, in the first half. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the first half. Yeah. And, you know, Philly did uh, a decent job on Cooper. So maybe they can do a similar job on Tyreek Hill. Hill, obviously, more explosive than anybody. So he could uh, squirt out behind them. And and get uh, get a deep ball, but you know I think that that middle of the field and maybe those short 
quick passes to Kelsey will be open like they were to Schultz. And, uh, you know, I don't often pay up for Kelsey, but this might be a week that I do. Yeah, I always always like Kelsey, and this is a great matchup for him. Like you said, I mean, Dalton Schultz had a big game, so you can imagine what Travis Kelsey will do. So Exactly. Awesome. All right, who's next? Yeah, I've got, I've got another pay-up guy uh, for you, but and not nearly as expensive. Um, it's George Kittle. He's actually in the second most routes um, this season among tight ends, right behind Kelsey. He is a pay-up at tight end, but it's a pretty substantial drop-off in price from, from Kelsey. Um, and he he's just he's crazy talented. I think he's waiting for his breakout here. His price is, I think, too low for what he produces out there on the field. Um, and, and going up, um, Conklin put seven receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown um, against Seattle in this last game. Um, and I think Kittle's looking great as well. And I think right behind Debo Samuel – um, he's one of those cash passers for San Fran. And like I said, I think there is too much talent at the price that Kittle's at right now. Yeah, it's a little low for his historical production, no doubt. Josh, where are you looking at? Hey, I'm going to go with uh, one of Joe's Denver Broncos. Uh, I'm going to go with, nice. with Noah Fant. Um, he's 4,300 on DraftKings. Now, real quick, Joe, isn't Iowa a rival uh, of Iowa State? So so, how do you? Yeah, I mean, you know, no, they really. they, they beat really. us from time to time, sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't know how you felt about that because you had the Iowa guy it's, going. To the Denver. It's a heat. It's a heated rivalry for sure. Yeah. Um, not too happy about it. <laughs> yeah, so mixed emotions, I guess, would be the right for word sure. There. Um, yeah. So anyway, he's he's uh, he's had a really good start this year. Fant has. Um, with 67 yards or more receiving in every game, including last week when he only had two catches. So um, he was billed as one of the top uh, tight ends in fantasy this year, and so far he's lived up to that. And now he goes against the Baltimore defense that's allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends this season. And so for 4,300, I feel like he's just a really an absolute steal. Josh, you're you're twisting the knife on me because Noah Fant went to Iowa too. So way to double down there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. He's he went to Iowa, so I know that's tough. <laughs> All right, I'm going to jump to my value play here. Uh, he, sort of even cheaper than Uzama. Uh, that's Will Disley, mm. and we have Everett out for Seattle this week. Uh, Lockett's been a little bit banged up, so they might just turn a little bit more to Disley. He's had four catches for 76 on the season despite being that secondary tight end option. And, you know, San Fran can be beaten by the tight end. Hawkinson smashed Mm -hmm. him in week one, eight for 97 and a score. Uh, You know, Seattle, three-point underdog here. So figured they'll, they'll, you know, at at minimum be a a tight game. They'll they'll have to be throwing at some. And at 2,600, again, you know, he's a guy you can look at if you want to pay up for some of these uh, expensive receivers we talked about. Absolutely. I will give my other tight end option, not as deep of a value, um, but middle of the pack. Um, I like Logan Thomas here for Washington um, against Atlanta. Um, he's mm-hmm. a Heineke favorite. Um, Heineke feels um, very comfortable throwing to Logan Thomas. Thomas is sitting about uh, 70% target share among the tight ends. Um, it's up there in the top five. Um, and Atlanta has been really poor into the tight ends this season. They've let up um, 174 yards and three touchdowns 
um, two tight ends this season. So it's definitely a spot to attack Atlanta. Um, and I think Logan Thomas as a preferred target for Taylor Heineke, I think he's in a good spot as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like Logan Thomas too this week. He was, he was kind of a breakout star last year. So I think that he's ready to pick up from where he left off. Agreed. I'm on him as well. Josh, anything else from you for the tight end position? Yeah, so for my value pick, I'm looking at Dawson Knox um, from Buffalo. He's been seeing more opportunities this year, and he's kind of on pace for kind of like what we talked about Logan Thomas, on pace for a breakout season. Um, He scored a touchdown in two of his three games this year, and he's averaging just under 11 fantasy points per game. Um, Houston's 28th in the league in fantasy points allowed to tight ends, and so it's it's shaping up for another nice game for Dawson Knox, and he's only 3,600, so good value there. Yep, you can save some money there as well. All right, we have to fill out our roster with a defense. Joe, where are you looking this week? I'm looking right back to the hometown. I'm looking at the Denver Broncos taking on Baltimore. They are Von... undefeated, right? 3-0? Yeah, did you miss that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> just just confirming it. 3-0, okay. <laughs> uh, their defense has looked really good. Um, you know, Granted, the teams they've been up against. But Von Miller, he's back. He's tied, mm. for, he's tied for fourth um, in sacks so far this season. Interesting fact, actually, I live right next to the Denver Broncos training facility. Um, it's called Dove Valley, and Von Miller is a mile away from my house. And on morning jogs, I will run past his house. Never seen him, but I've seen about three or four Ford F-150s outside of his driveway. Um, so big Von Miller fan, but I really do like the Broncos here. Um, the projected line here is not high. Um, I think it's under 45. It might even be cl- closer to 42. Um, for this Baltimore Broncos game. I think the Denver Broncos defense has looked really good in their secondary. Um, granted, the, the teams they have gone up against, but if you're looking for a solid floor, I believe, is a in your defense, um, I think the Broncos have a good game here. All right. I'm going to look at the Titans here, and they get the, you know, the, the wild card of the Jets, who are probably the worst offense in the NFL – they average less than seven points per game, um, you know, partly because Denver just dominated them. But uh, I think Tennessee, who hasn't had as much success this season defensively, can do the same. I mean, they've had to play Arizona and Seattle, tough mm-hmm. starts this season, then Indianapolis, mm-hmm. solid. Uh, but, you know, the Jets averaging 250 yards per game. They're just young across the board. Skill position players are not – scary at all and one thing that you can do uh of course is pair up a stud running back with a defense Mm -hmm. that might shut out a team sort of like what denver did to them that's the perfect game script uh so it's a common way especially in cash games you could do that uh and henry and tennessee would make sense uh because i just i just don't see the jets doing much here yeah yeah i like i like that pick for sure like you said they haven't really faced any kind of uh, uh, bad offense really at all yet. So they've got a good opportunity this week against the Jets. Yes, they do. All right, Josh, how about a top defense for you? Yeah, so for me, I'm looking at the New Orleans Saints defense. They're actually leading the league in fantasy points per game with 13.7. They're back home in front of their fans in the Dome for the first time since 2019 with a full crowd. So I think they're just going to come out on fire. 
um, against the Giants offense. It's going to be without their top two or two of their top receivers. I don't know if they're top two, but Sterling Shepard for sure. And then Darius Slayton. And so it's just, it's just a really tough matchup for the Giants. And um, I think the Saints are just going to dominate. Good point. I, I hadn't even dawned on me yet that it's their first home game uh, after what happened at the beginning yeah. of the season. I mean, you know that well since you saw them play on the road in, in Jacksonville. Yeah. But I can just see it now, the, those guys getting fired up to come out of the locker room. And Giants not having those skill position guys uh, could be tough. Yeah, if you think back what happened after Hurricane Katrina, I mean, they just came out on fire. And I yep. think that they'll do something similar to that this week. So, Yeah, Josh, I mean, Galladay also is, I think, questionable at the moment. So they might be mm-hmm. without those three wide receivers. And then Ingram has just hit – he's fallen off. He, he hasn't done anything in the past two um, years. So it's really just Barkley back there. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, the Saints are relying a lot on their defense. They absolutely shut down the Patriots. Um, so I agree. Right. I, and I, with that, with that um, game script there and, and all the hustle um, and all the hype, I like it. I think as far as a value defense goes, I think it's kind of hard to get to on this slate. Um, but yes. I, I think there's a lot of guys to pay up for here. So you might want to get to a value. The only place I would look would be the Cowboys um, going up against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, CMC is out. So you do have um, Hubbard, who does look to have a good game. But I think if the Cowboys focus their attention on DJ Moore heavily, um, I think they're going to slow the Panthers down. I don't think Sam Darnold's that elite QB. And their rookie linebacker, Micah Parsons, has looked really solid for the Cowboys as well. So I think as far as the value goes, um, I, I think the Cowboys are decent. Josh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I like I like Dallas too. Um, I was pretty impressed with them on Monday night coming against Philadelphia, and um, you know, like like Joe mentioned, they're going to be without Christian McCaffrey. And yes, last week they got by a little bit with you know what they have against Houston, but that was Houston. And I think Dallas is going to be a step up, and uh, I think Sam Darnold's going to struggle, and um, I think that I don't think they're going to be able to stay in the game off of Chubba Hubbard alone. So. Interesting. Yeah, this is this is a tricky one because I agree, Joe. It's tough to get a value defense this week. They're just the, the cheaper teams are just not in good spots. So it's a real tough decision to make. Do you try to get different and save some money there? You know, it may be worth a try if you're gonna play multiple lineups. I don't I don't think I'm gonna go down there in a in a cash lineup, but in a mm-hmm. GPP, uh it could certainly work. I mean, you know, Donald's had some success this year, but, you know, he's not elite. You know, he's had some good matchups, and obviously they're going to hurt without CMC. But, you know, I, I have faith that uh, Hubbard can, you know, really help them. And, you know, Dallas looked a little bit better when the, when the Philadelphia receiver fell down and they got the pick six off that play. Sure. Um, sure. You know, yeah. and – yeah, they've had some some rough spots here uh, against Tampa Bay and company. So, you know, that, that's a tough one. Um, I, I'm not sure I can do it, but uh, I know if Coach is listening, he'll he'll fire right. him out there if you guys are on them. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, he'll be excited to hear we're on Dallas defense for sure. No doubt about it. <clears throat> all right, guys. Well, good stuff. That, that covers the slate, uh, all the position groups. Hopefully that helped everybody get ready for the main slate. And uh, we're looking to crush it here in week four. And we are also going to add the primetime podcast 
So subscribe to the channel if you don't mind, if you haven't already on YouTube. Hit the alert button so you get the notification when all these podcasts post. And uh, what else? Did I miss anything? Any final thoughts, guys? I think that's it. Go ahead, Joe. I'll add one more thing out there. Um, I know all three of us are always signed into the YouTube account, um, and we love responding to comments. So mm-hmm. just overall, if you have an opinion or just have a question or you want to say that, man, Joe, you have really good calls, anything of the sorts, <laughs> um, you know, we would love to respond and have a conversation with you guys down there. Um, and we just, you know, thanks in advance for the, the, constant, the constant support. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. Yep. Appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, do join Crash and I later this weekend for the primetime podcast. Good luck to everybody on the main slate in week four. We'll be back for another trio of podcasts next week for week five. But we've got a lot of fun uh, action here to watch from the couch this weekend, all three of us. So hope you all enjoy the games. On behalf of Omaha, Joe Stanton and Josh Crash Davis, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.